0: You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: For the first time since the 2020 Big Ten Championship game, the Ohio State Buckeyes and Northwestern Wildcats We'll meet on the football field, and we are here, myself, Jay Stevens, and Carter Bird of Locked On Northwestern to break down the game between these two schools on Saturday afternoon. This is a Locked On crossover featuring Locked On Buckeyes and Locked on Northwestern, breaking down, predicting, discussing what's going to happen when the Wildcats and Buckeyes meet on the football field. This episode, this Locked On crossover, is brought to you by... Bet online, bet online as you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Some of you watching on YouTube see Carter's laugh when I talk about these two teams meeting and what could possibly happen. Uh, Carter, normally when I start off and I start to feature a host of a different show and I want to find out things about them and their school that they cover and the story of that team. Normally everybody has a different story. Iowa's interesting. The record says one thing, but the football says something a little bit different. Well, um, Northwestern. What I I miswrote things down on my paper. You're one and seven. Mm-hmm. To me, that says Northwestern is a bad football team, but I think the story of the team might be even worse than what the record says.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a really, really rough year. You had that that week 0 game uh in in Dublin against N- Nebraska as two score underdogs Northwestern comes back pulls the upset i think they were down i believe 11 there in the second half came back and won the game and all of a sudden you kind of talked yourself into hey there's a there's a path to a hot start here there's you you had that N- Nebraska game you had duke you had uh southern illinois and then you had um I believe it was Miami of Ohio. There was a path to 4-0. I or at least I thought after after coming off that game cuz you know as as happens every year, uh N- Nebraska gets the hype and they kind of uh they become everybody's uh, off-season darling and then uh well, turns out they're not very good and Northwestern uh fell off a cliff there pretty quickly when they had that week 2 game against Duke dug a hole again lost that one and then really uh the moment where you thought hmm something might be really really bad here uh was when ryan Helensky, who had played really well through, through through the first two games went against an fcs defense in southern illinois that was allowing 380 passing yards a game to that point through their first two games and um looked rattled and uncomfortable and only threw for like 213 yards and threw multiple picks and you end up losing that game. And that was the first moment where I was like, Oh boy, this could get really bad. And sure enough, they've uh, rattled off seven straight losses here and things are uh, not great. When you, when you're coming off a game last week where you give up 33 points or 30, 31 points rather to, to, uh, iowa's offense which uh, as we all know is really 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 bad
1: you mentioned something pre-show about a a little note about northwestern which might describe some of the struggles they're having this year on the football field it dates back to 2020 and how the school handled the covid could you kind of break that down discuss that with the listeners and viewers because that gives i think everyone no matter if it's a northwestern fan or an ohio state fan or just a casual viewer trying to see what's going on with this game it gives everyone a great insight into what this football program has been dealing with over the past 2 years yeah i think
0: uh being a private school kind of p- dealing with their own set of rules that they set rather than i guess a public in- institution at some in some of these other states um the pandemic covid was handled very um pr- probably more more uh stringently i guess is the word i'm looking for uh it was a little bit more locked down than other places. Uh, we obviously know that Nor- Northwestern won the Big Ten West uh, in 2020 and went and played in that Big Ten championship game and uh, fell short in that one. But because of the rules set forth by the school, the team was not allowed to get into their their weight room and work out and get in the meeting room together and uh, and have typical team meetings until this past off season. and i think that that combined with i mean the experience losses off that 2020 team and how young these past couple teams have been you you it paints a picture of a of a team that has had some challenges that i don't i'm not sure everybody else in the big 10 has had to go through and i think it's a large reason why the fall off has been so dramatic and i mean they've won four games since that uh since that 2020 season
1: a week ago i believe it was a week ago if my dates are correct yes a week ago the well, actually a few days ago now northwestern went on the road to iowa and as ohio state fans realized when you play iowa their offense it's atrocious it's bad Iowa switched quarterbacks, not because of a blow just because uh, their starter Spencer Petras could not get the job done. Alex Padilla comes in against Ohio State. First plays a fumble snap. First play jitters. with the nerves about the Ohio State defense, possibly all of the above. But when Northwestern plays Iowa, Iowa scores 33 points. That yes. shocks me. That's odd. I know they probably the defense probably scored some. But allowing the Hawkeyes to score 33 points kind of open some eyes to see how bad this Northwest Northwestern defense is right now. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they've had moments where I think
0: they've played well. But um, really, the more you watch them, the more you realize that there's just not a ton of depth. Um, the secondary was supposed to be a strength uh, but there's not a lot of depth there and pretty much from from the word go this season you've seen that unit get banged up and they've dealt with injuries second level lacks speed uh, and athleticism and they get um they get kind of when teams get to get to the edge on them um they struggle to keep up with with other teams speed but uh yeah, that that Iowa game opened uh, definitely opened some eyes for sure around the conference with just how bad Northwestern's defense could end up being. Uh, Iowa's averaging, I think, two hundred and twenty-seven yards of offense a game going in, and in the first half against Northwestern had two hundred and fifty-two yards of offense, which is awful. And Spencer Petrus, who's, I think, I legitimately had been saying. I thought he was probably a bottom five quarterback in college football this year. Northwestern made him look competent. I mean, he was 21 of 30, 220 yards, uh, a touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, I mean, pretty decent game. All things considered. I mean, it's not going to blow anybody away when you, when you look uh, at other quarterbacks around the country, but that's seems to be by far his best game of the year. And uh, that's really all he had to do because Iowa dominated Northwestern up front, created running lanes for their running backs. They ran for 178 yards, which is, I mean, they threw and ran for way above their their averages on the season, and uh, really just took it to a a Northwestern team that I think I think uh, was was a little shell shocked by how quickly Iowa jumped on them. Iowa scored on seven of their eight drives in that game, which uh, is something you probably won't hear again about Iowa's offense this year
1: last thing for you Carter when it comes to Pat Fitzgerald there's a toughness there's a mentality that I believe a player or two might get and pick up from their head coach who who on this team do you think embodies or um you could say is kind of uh, Pat Fitzgerald on the football field
0: well I mean I would I would turn to out of tamawa out of Barre, the the defensive end who actually made uh i think it was let me just stop
1: you really quick you said that so well i practiced trying to say that name prior to doing this show i couldn't get it i gotta give you a, a hand clap publicly that was a good job
0: appreciate it appreciate it yeah it's it's been one that uh that i've i've been been uh i've had some some practice saying for sure it's uh the 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 last name you would think with the way it's spelled is like Baware but it's Atabare. Uh, but he's he's kind of one of the senior leaders on this on this defense, a defensive end, um, captain on the team. I think he made Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks list preseason. He maybe hasn't had quite the production that you would uh, like out of him, but he's somebody I would look at. Um, then you've got Bryce Gallagher uh, at linebacker. Uh, the another Gallagher uh, brother on this defense. He's another captain on this team up the middle. And he's, he's somebody who has that toughness, but he's in that second level. He's another one of those guys that, you know, can have the athleticism and the speed disadvantage exposed by teams. Uh, And then, you know, on the back end, there's, there's not been a lot on the, uh, uh, that's, that's, a lot of people who've been healthy enough, I would say Cam Mitchell on offense. Peter Skaronsky. I mean, he's the he is the first round draft pick, first tackle that's going to be taken in this draft. And when you look at his pro fo- fo- football focus numbers this year, they've been really, really good. And then I would also highlight Evan Hull. Evan Hull hat he is the offense. He is the like he was have he was on a just stupid pace to start the season. He had uh, well over a hundred yards and probably 30 40 yards r- receiving against Nebraska and then against Duke. He only had 75 yards rushing, but he had 14 receptions for 213 yards in that game. So like, yeah, like video game numbers. At yeah, one man. point, at one point he was on pace to post the uh first ever 1000-yard rushing and 1000-yard r- receiving season by an FBS player ever. Uh but it's been tough sledding here recently as the defenses have gotten better and you've you've seen some of these teams it's been tough on the ground but he's somebody to keep an eye on uh whether it be running the ball he's going to have the biggest impact he also might catch the most balls uh in this game for 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 northwestern's offense those would be the guys that 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 i i would highlight for sure
1: we have heard the northwestern side from some things that have made the season rough for them to some players that are somewhat of a Pat Fitzgerald on the football field. Next up is all about the Ohio State Buckeyes. Gus Johnson calls them world famous. I don't normally say that on the show, but I will right now. What also is world famous, or at least famous by some, is Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering. 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it in an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology. Exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. 24 7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 per day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professional. Professionally installed system with a top-rated Simply Safe app. Stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system. I recommend get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash URL today. This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait that simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like simply safe. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part
0: of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Thanks for making Locked On, this Locked On crossover, your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your fine podcast. I am done talking. Carter Bird. the floor is yours. All right. Well, I mean, I know that we are going to get
0: into Ohio State's offense because it has to be the dominating storyline. But I want to start and talk about this Ohio State defense. I guess under year one of the new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, what have you seen from, from, from this defense so far this year? What improvements have there been? Because it seems to me that this defense has has improved from last year to, to this year.
1: It's been a big improvement. You mentioned some things that I have seen, and I could go on for a list for days, literally 30, 45 minutes, you can go back and forth, and I could just throw out different nuggets about different 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 things that are different from this year versus last year. But ultimately, in the offseason, the players quickly bought in. I emphasize the word quickly because they quickly bought into what Jim Knowles was preaching in spring practice, worked on those things, had almost all the defense installed prior to the season starting, which, of course, is going to be every team because you're always adding things, adding wrinkles as the season goes on. But everybody's more disciplined this year. And I think it's a big thing compared to last year, and I'm not going to knock any of the coaches from last year and say they're bad coaches. I'm just going to say they did a poor job of teaching and helping the players be disciplined in their job. Also, go into that, you have more experienced players. And as football fans, basketball fans, sports fans know, if you're more experienced in something and you're devoted and you're working on getting better at your craft, you have a good teacher that can help you get better at your craft, you're going to be better simply because – a lot of the times experience is a great teacher in and of itself. And so disciplined, um, getting some new coaches in there. I mean, almost the entire coaching staff uh, on defense is different. The only guy that stayed is Larry Johnson, the D-line coach. Jim Knowles is new, new D coordinator, new linebackers coach. Then you have Tim Walton and Perry Eliano literally splitting the DB room in half between safeties and corners. And so I think that's a big thing as well, where you don't have corners consistently hearing safety stuff and doing safety stuff or vice versa. Those positions, they can go hand in hand at times, but there's a lot of differences between being a single high safety and being on an island against uh, the other team's number one receiver. So um, that's a lot. that could keep going, but it's a lot of differences. And uh, the players on the field, they are really – they were sponges in the offseason, and they're playing good football in 2022.
0: Well, I want to highlight, I guess, uh, we were talking before the show, somebody who had their breakout game – Last week, what did you see at a? I'm gonna to try to get his his last name right, and I'm trying to re- recall how you you taught me how it says it said. But JT Tua Maluau, how Tui? how how Tui
1: Maluau
0: Maluau ah, there it's it is. Well, okay, well he he had his breakout game last week. He had I mean obviously the two interceptions, the force the pick six, the multiple sacks. I mean it was one of the most ridiculous performances I've ever seen by a college de- defensive player. Is this the breakout game? And should we expect to see more of of more of that moving forward uh, and even, even on Saturday?
1: Yes, you should see expect to see more of that on Saturday. You got to see him be in a, th- in a two-point stance, more off the line as a linebacker, walked up on the line, dropped back into coverage, was behind the running back, moved up in front of the running back. Sean Clifford didn't see him. He got the interception. And I said in the offseason, I highlight that play on purpose, because I said in the offseason, as I was reviewing Jim Nol's defense and the four-two-five kind of three-three-five look, he's going to be bringing, without bringing a third linebacker on the field, people were saying Jack Sawyer's going to be the guy. He can be in the two-point stance, be all over the place. And I went back to JT to him a high school film. I saw him do some of the same things in high school that he's going to be asked to do in this new defense. And I said, this is him. I get he's the heftier guy. I get, like, his build is different. His profile is different. But this defense is perfect for him. And I think you're going to see more of that going forward. The first half of the season, the refs did not call the holdings that players are doing all the time. And Mm -hmm. as soon as he finds ways to not be held, dude, he's (laughs) – I'm not going to say he's unstoppable because I don't want to go that far just yet. He has a lot of football left to play in college before going to the National Football League But he can be somebody that can be a Chase Young on the field, different skill sets, but can be a Chase Young-esque, a Joy Bosa-esque, Nick Bosa-esque player to where he might be someone that you have to scheme two and three offensive linemen or two or three players on offense to come at him every play. Because if you don't, I don't know if there's an offensive tackle next year that can guard this guy if he keeps um, getting better and improving at Mm -hmm. the clip that he's currently going at.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's really had – that, that that game, just watching it on Saturday, it was nuts to watch the impact and watch him just wreck that game kind of around the rest of the defense. Who are, I guess, some more under-the-radar names to, to, to keep an eye on in this game on Saturday?
1: You say under-the-radar, so I would not go to the typical guys there um buckeye fans will be like, why don't you mention mentioning Tommy Eichenberg? Well, he's up for an award as a post as one of the better linebackers in the country. Um, not really under the radar. Tanner McAllister, though. Gotta highlight Tanner McAllister. He's a transfer from Oklahoma State, came over with Jim Knowles as old D coordinator, now his current D coordinator still in college football. And he's kind of been like a glue guy for the secondary. He knows the defense. He knows his role. And I think in the offseason, he was pivotal to guys like Ronnie Hickman, Lathan Ransom, Josh Proctor, being guys that quickly learned their role on defense. And Tanner McAllister was kind of that guy. A guy who to me is the best one of the better, probably second best D-linemen, maybe best D-line, not d lineman, depending on who you talk to. That's not getting a much a lot of run right now. It's Mike Hall, D-tackle, kind of an undersized guy early in the season. Some of his teammates and oppressors said. They call him Baby Aaron Donald. Now, we haven't seen enough of him this year to say he is Baby Aaron Donald because he's been hurt. He's been on a pitch count. But if Mike Hall gets let loose this week against Northwestern, I'm going to say it. It's <laughs> going to be ugly for the Wildcats in Evan Hall as he's trying to move the ball and be the the biggest piece of the, the Northwestern Wildcats offense. Mike Hall is a dog. D tackle. Um, I'll just highlight like, those two guys: Tanner McAllister, Mike Hall. Um, guys that. Zach Harrison, JT to him a wow, um, Lathan Ransom, Tommy Ike, they'll get more of the attention, but Tanner McAllister, a glue guy. Mike Call still, one of the better the guys on defense who has not played a lot lately due to injury. Those two guys, man, if they get let loose this weekend, watch out.
0: Moving to the other side of the ball. I mean, obviously CJ Stroud is the the odds on Heisman favorite. I mean, what is how has he looked this year as opposed to previous years? And I mean is this, his, is this his Heisman Trophy to, to lose at this point, or are we going to see somebody like a Hendon Hooker at Tennessee kind of may, maybe overtake him down, down the stretch here?
1: Here's how I view this whole <laughs> Hendon Hooker, CJ Stroud type of thing. I wasn't planning on doing this today, but Carter opened the door, and Jay's going to walk right through it. So every year we say a quarterback, based off how the voters do things, they – have a Heisman moment. Now, for Joe Burrow, it was the entire season, but for some guys they have a Heisman moment, literally in the season, end of October, early November, Heisman moment, we talk about it, ooh, ah, all that stuff. Well, C.J. Stroud's Heisman moment may have been against Penn State in that fourth quarter, where it seemed like he was just flawless. Once the Buckeyes went up-tempo, all of a sudden... Penn State couldn't do anything, adding JT to him a low-off pick six and strip sack. Um, it was just a, a whirlwind that was fun to watch as a Buckeyes fan. After that game, though, some sports books had Hendon Hooker as the favorite to win the Heisman. And I think C.J. Stroud is the better quarterback. I think Hendon Hooker's having the better season. Of course, you're at Tennessee. Shining new toy to some people. You want Tennessee to get back, and Tennessee is playing really good football so I think Stroud's about a quarterback. I think he's playing the best ball he's ever played at Ohio State. And if he's locked in like he was in the fourth quarter this week against Northwestern, he might only play the first half. You might see the second string quarterback, the third quarter, the, the third string quarterback, the fourth quarter. Because Stroud, when he's locked in and the tempo is flowing, you can't stop him and him Ameka and Ebuka or Marvin Harrison Jr. or Julian Fleming or Cade Stover. You can't stop those connections. I don't think anybody in the country can stop those connections. So I said the Heisman moment earlier because I do believe Stroud and what he did in the fourth quarter is a Heisman-esque moment that he's going to need if he wants to win the trophy at the end of the season. It's just weird that after that moment, all of a sudden, Hinton Hooker goes to the top of numerous sports books as the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman. I said before the season, Stroud would win the Heisman. I'm starting to back off of that train because I see how Hinton Hooker and that Tennessee Volunteer train has picked up speed of late.
0: So, as you look around the rest of this offense, I mean, there's guys making plays everywhere. There's big names, stars everywhere. I mean, even Ohio State's not even at full strength right now on the offensive side of the ball. Do we see uh, a lot of hardware come home with, with, with Ohio State at the end of the season? And is there really anybody that can stop this
1: offense? Hardware, yes. I do believe there will be numerous players that win postseason awards. Uh, You have a safety in Lathan Ransom, who's up, who's a semifinalist for the Thorpe Award. I believe JT Tumaloa was up for a finalist for one of the Defense Alignment Awards. Tommy Eichenberg is up for a postseason award as as a linebacker. There's going to be numerous All-Americans on both sides of the ball. Stroud will will be in New York for the Heisman Trophy Ceremony. Mm -hmm. We'll see how the next few weeks go before I say if he will definitively win it or if he will not. But, yes, hardware will be won. I do believe they'll win the Big Ten Championship. I'm not backing off of the Buckeyes winning the Natty in 2022. People are locked on, Brilliant. people that are on the socials. I know you're probably listening. Go ahead, cut it up. Put it on the Twitter. Say, Jay said this. I don't care. I've said it before the season. I'll say it again. I think the Buckeyes are going to win the Natty. Like I said, Carter's opening doors for me to just walk right through it. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, but, yeah, I do think they'll bring home hardware. And uh, I – I think the month of November is pivotal. And I think Ryan Day is going to use the initial CFP ranking as the Buckeyes being number two in the country, even though they've been more, probably the most dominant team in the country. And their defense has been elite. Their offense has been elite. They're still number two based off resume. I understand that. I think Ryan Day and these coaches are going to use that as fuel. And I feel sorry for the Wildcats because I think the Buckeye train is going to roll through Evanston, Illinois. And, uh, Really remind people who Ohio State is, hmm. and when they're playing a lesser opponent, that lesser opponent should not be successful, and probably would not be suc- successful on the football field.
0: So uh, is and I'm not expecting Northwestern's defense to, to stop <laughs> to stop this offense. But yeah. I mean, as the as the season kind of goes along here, there is that matchup at the end of the year with 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 Michigan, and there is a Big Ten championship game, and potentially er, potentially a Big Ten championship game and potentially a playoff appearance. Is anybody actually capable of stopping this this Ohio State team or at least limiting the offense and giving them a real test for 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 the full 60 minutes right now?
1: Well, you saw that for about, what's that, 30, 45, 46, 48 minutes a week ago. And then C.J. Stroud, well, about 50 minutes. Stroud just went off. So we saw, we literally saw a week ago a, a team that seemed like they stopped the Buckeyes. It wasn't just slowing down the Buckeyes. seemed like they stopped the Buckeyes, and then Ohio State did something special, really special, a week ago in the fourth quarter against Penn State. I, maybe, maybe Georgia. I don't think Tennessee's defense is good enough to stop them or even slow them down. I think it would be more of the Alabama-Tennessee game where it's um, you score, I score, back and forth type mm. of high-scoring affair. I really think it might be Georgia. And if the Wolverines are able to control the clock and time of possession with a running game, that might be the best option there as well. I don't think Tennessee will control the time time of possession if they play Ohio State, which is in the Buckeyes' favor, I do believe. But honestly, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. The Wolverines or Georgia, I I think those are the two schools. I won't say they can stop them because this offense is, I think, too good. But even if you slow down the Buc- Buckeyes running game, which Penn State did a week ago, Ohio State still has a, a Heisman-worthy candidate in C.J. Stroud and a guy who could win a receiver award, Blutnikoff and Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, they still have all these weapons out there. The only option is slow down the running game. Stop it. They didn't work a week ago. I don't know if it'll work against Georgia, Tennessee, or the team up north. Those things are to be determined.
0: Well, yeah, it'll be, it'll it remains to be seen if anybody can really – stop this ohio state team well kind of with that we have a friend or we have some friends that want to help you stop sweating and that is our friends at sweatblock look as a as a larger guy i mean i've always had issues with with sweating no one wants to be that person that's you know out in public that's uh pitting and uh it becomes something that you that you worry about when you leave the house but thankfully uh, I found SweatBlock, our friends here at the uh, Locked On Podcast Network, and I no longer have that issue. All the kind of anxiety of it kind of fades away as well. SweatBlock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or a loved one uh, is are experiencing uh, embarrassing sweating or or odor, try SweatBlock. Uh, save 20% with with promo code Locked On at sweatbox.com, also available on
1: Amazon. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more, and the best service in Central Ohio. Billiards Plus also can set you up with a brand new top-of-the-line grill that will last for generations. We all know how hard it is with the supply chain issues this year and getting certain things shipped on time. So when it comes to ordering that one big gift for Christmas, check out Billiards Plus and get there early this year. Pick something out and get it shipped in time for Christmas. It is a gift the whole family will enjoy year-round. Billiards Plus carries the best pool tables from Brunswick, Olhausen, Canada, Billiards, and more. Plus top-of-the-line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and Le Griddle. That will be the last grill you own. Seriously. These grills stand the test of time. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. Visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Check them out at billiards-plus.com. Once again, check them out at billiards-plus.com. Billiards Plus, family-owned and operated for generations. Also, thank you for
0: making uh, Locked On uh, your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, blessed instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, Jay, we've we've finished our ad reads. It's time to uh, make a prediction on what's going to be. A not fun Saturday for uh, me on my side.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Um, not fun Saturday is a pretty really good, uh, clean way to describe uh, how many people feel this game should go down. The betting line, the over/under right now is set at fifty-nine and a half. The Buckeyes are currently thirty-eight and a half point favorites. That's courtesy of our friends over at Bet Online. I say every single week, and I told this to Carter Bird pre-show I said hey when the first line comes out that's the first line expected expected to move at least a point to a point and a half possibly two points in the Buckeyes favor prior to kickoff this has been recorded on in the middle of the week so I there's still time for that to move to 39 or even 39 39 and a half prior to kickoff of course if a certain Buckeye player Mayan Williams is healthy and ruled healthy as announced prior to Saturday afternoon's game well um yeah, that should probably be more to 39 and a half. Um, I personally think this game will probably be a final score of, I want to say Northwestern scores six points. I was I was in that boat too. <laughs> I want to say 59 to six. And I said when the Buckeyes played the Hawkeyes that the Buckeyes had not allowed, um, held any team to single digits at all. Everybody has scored at least 10 points or more every game this year against Iowa. They even scored 10 points and, I was still a little annoyed at the way that they scored that touchdown, the scoop and score of the sack of C.J. Stroud, uh, fumble, scoop, score, go to the end zone. I think this is the week. And I think the, I mentioned earlier how November needs to be a statement type of month, statement games for the Buckeyes, and it starts this weekend. Ohio State's defense needs to really fix things because even though they the Buckeyes won the game a week, a week ago against Penn State, the defense didn't play up to standard, did not play up to par. This is a phenomenal time to get back to what the Buckeyes defense has done to opponents, most opponents, all season long. 59 to 6. Yes, that does cover the over under that has been set for our friends at Bet Online. That does also uh, cover, if you are betting the uh, Buckeyes, uh, 39.5, 30, 39 and a half. Take that to the bacon, cash it as well. Um, I think both of those would be in favor of the Buckeyes this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm very similar actually. I was thinking about the uh score prediction pre show and I, I hadn't shared it with with you yet, but I had Northwestern with six points as well. And I think I had Ohio State kind of in my head, how I had it mapped out was around 57. So I had okay. it 57 to uh six in the as the final score yeah just i don't even know if the first five minutes will be uh a a com- competitive five minutes or not i think this teams have had a lot of success jumping on nor- northwestern quickly the issue is you let ohio state jump on you quickly it um it's like getting hit by a train like for 60 straight minutes and uh that's what I'm worried about, and so I've got it at fifty-seven to six. Is what I have for the uh, final score in this one.
1: Hey, it's pretty close, man. I don't think I've ever had a, a host <laughs> no, it's not. at all. Hey. I, I I've, I've done I've done shows with locked one hosts. I've done shows with beat writers. I don't think I've done a columnist show at all. Previewing a game, but I don't think I've ever been that close to somebody when they give their score prediction. Um, I I always try to break down how I get how I get here. I think the Buckeye score, he kicked one field goal. The rest are touchdowns. That's how you get to the 59 points. I think Northwestern scores a field goal. I'm going to be generous here on their opening drive of scripted plays. Everyone's, what's going on with the defense? Northwestern scored a. F-. It's okay. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. And then I do think Northwestern scores again. Um, latter part of the third, early part of the fourth, when the backups of the Ohio State's defense are on the field, I think it moved the ball a little bit, get third and long don't convert it, move the ball closer, don't convert it, go fourth and five, and then they kick a field goal there once again. uh, That's how they get their six. I don't know why I do that every week, but it helps me kind of formulate my score prediction and what is actually going to happen. I've been close. I predicted the Buckeyes would score 45 last week. They scored 44. I thought Penn State was going to score 17. They scored, what, 30 or 31. So um, close at, at times with some, not both, but I think what I just said, it's realistic I think we're, it's, I yeah. think it's as realistic as it can be because Carter you and I are on the same page
0: yeah I mean a hundred percent I my score prediction last week for for Northwestern did not come true I thought that was gonna be like a 13 to 6 game and uh turned out to be a 33 13 game um <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna I'm I'm kind of in the in the boat right now with seven straight losses one and seven with a team of Ohio State's caliber coming to town, I don't know how much fight this, nor- this Northwestern team could possibly have. And so I think that Ohio State can name a score. And I think it'll probably be in that mid to upper 50s, if I had to guess.
1: Oh boy, that'd be fun. So I'll almost, i got one more comment that we got to close up shop. I almost said 63, 66, 69 points. But I really have realized Ryan Day, especially in conference play, he puts all, he pushes on the brakes and kind of goes caution with the offensive play calling. And with one of the running backs that scored when all the running backs played early in the earlier in the year, with him out, I truly wonder if Ryan Day is going to try a different running back that hasn't played at all this year in mm-hmm. the third and fourth quarter, which is going to kind of hinder some of the running. Everyone wants the backup quarterbacks at Ohio State to to play and throw the ball. I understand why Ryan Day does not allow them to do that. Now, if it's a Toledo or an Arkansas State, and Ohio State's paying them one and a half to two million to come to Columbus, I understand. I understand, but I also understand the respect that Ryan Day has for Big Ten opponents. Unless it's a team up north, he might want to put a hundred on them. I hope that actually happens Thanksgiving weekend. I, I had to throw that shot out there. It happens every now and then.
0: I love it. That's 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 good stuff. Uh, I mean, it's. I do think that there's absolutely re- respect between both of these coaching staffs, uh, especially the, the, the head coaches. And so I do think that things will get really, really ugly, but I, I don't think you're going to see uh 60 minutes of just pedal to the metal uh, full, full go Ohio state. I think at some point the, they will uh, kind of pump those brakes and, let it kind of ease out. Let 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 the clock run out on this one. But yeah, it, it is going to be very 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 ugly, and I I'm sure we will uh, talk about it. Uh, we we will text back and forth about it as it's going as it's going <laughs> on this weekend.
1: Yes, we will. This has been the Locked On crossover previewing Ohio State's Ma- the Ohio State game when the Ohio State Buckeyes play the Northwestern Wildcats at 12 noon Eastern this coming Saturday on a. B C that's Carter Bird. He is the host of Locked On Northwestern. You can follow him at Carter Bird13. That is Bird spelled with a Y. Catch his show, Locked on Northwestern. The same place you can catch Locked on Buckeyes, YouTube, the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your fine podcast. Subscribe to both podcasts on the YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at J Stevens07. This locked on crossover. Is complete. Tell your friends, check this crossover out. I don't know anywhere else you can get almost 40 minutes previewing this weekend's matchup mm-hmm. between these two teams 57 to 6, 59 to 6. That's our score predictions. What's yours? Fill up the YouTube comment section with your score prediction for this weekend's game for Carter Bird of Lockwood Northwestern. I am Jay Stevens of On Buckeyes. We're out of here. Enjoy the rest of your day.